Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to episode 100, Laura Ingalls Wilder Fandom Roundup 2018. Welcome to Trendle Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trendle Bed Tales. Find us around the web under Trendle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about everything that happened in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom during 2018. And I would like to just take a minute and thank everybody. I know it's been a while uh, since I've had really regular episodes. And this is actually the first one of 2019. So hopefully this means that we are getting back on schedule. And I sure hope we are and that you can hear me since that was a problem last year. And with that, let's just do a little housekeeping. But if you hear that sound, which is the noise made by washing metal plates in a metal wash tub on the stove, then you know it's time for a little housekeeping. And here on Trundle Bed Tales, our housekeeping means giving you the information you may need about the show. If you ever want to listen to an episode live, but you don't want to just stream it through the computer, you can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free 1-877-633-9389. You can also use those same numbers to call in and ask a question and otherwise be on the show. Just make sure that you hit 1 when they ask you to so the little symbol comes up and I know you have a question so that you want to talk. Anytime you're streaming an episode, you can also join in the chat room. Unless there's some technical issue, I always open it up. And... Uh, I hope that you are ready to join us tonight. And so I think that is enough housekeeping. Before we get into the meat of it, I did want to say one other thing. Because uh, we're really late this year getting these regular episodes started. Uh, partly because I went on a family trip to Disney in early February, which just 
uh, touched Laura's birthday, so I didn't get, uh, well, it, between prepping and recovering, I didn't get much done for Laura's birthday. I didn't get anything done for um, Mary and Pa's birthday and didn't do the on-air birthday party. Now, I had had some people ask about it, and since last year, um, when I say we had technical difficulties last year, if you were not around then, uh, I went ahead and did the hour-long Laura birthday party, and nobody could hear me. Uh, And we did have a one-person call in, and I couldn't hear them. So that was a fun thing because I didn't realize it wasn't recording or wasn't coming through. So I was a whole hour talking to myself. So it's really been um, uh, over a year since we've done a birthday party. But what I decided to do since I was hoping originally to get it done on Almanza's birthday, since that didn't happen, I'm going to do a sick party, which will put it in... Um, probably July 7th. I haven't firmed on that yet, but the six months out from her birthday. And we will see how that goes. And hopefully that will be fun. And maybe encourage some of the home sites, because I really do think that uh, doing the six-month birthday might be a fun thing to do at some of the events. And they certainly have enough of them going on in July. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into what is going what went on during 2018. And I would like uh, to start out talking about probably the biggest thing of Laura News last year was the uh, children's division of the American Library Association pulled Laura's name off the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, they named it really, renamed it terribly generic. Um, and I actually have a second post on this. I've been kind of holding off on posting, but I'm probably going to give up and do it here pretty soon. Um, but basically a very small minority of members, a couple hundred, voted this uh, change. And basically, it is part of a bigger picture. They're trying to say there's something wrong with absolutely everybody they have ever named an award after. And they are stripping all their names, everyone's names in these awards. And I think it's a huge mistake, but um, honestly, uh, they are a professional organization. They don't really have competition on that, and if you can afford to belong to the ALA, pretty much, if you're a librarian, there are too many benefits um, professionally to not belong to the ALA if you can afford it. So uh, it's their membership isn't going to be touched. They don't care what you say. And it's a private organization. They can name things whatever they want. I I really think this is going to come back and cause them issues because the only reason people cared about this award is because it was named after Laura. 
And nobody's going to care anything, especially if they do it to the Caldecott and the Newberry, because those are the ones that really are in the public mind, and nobody's going to care anything about their awards anymore. I, I really, except if you come down from awards that were driving book sales for a really long time, and I just don't foresee that happening in the future. Uh, but on the good side, despite the fact that this was a total insult to Laura and ironic because the reason it was named for her in the first place was partly because she uh, it was an apology because her work had been discounted and uh, looked down on because it was a serial, uh, uh, you know, a series. that There was multiple books in the, or volumes in the same set. And because it was not somebody who was um, Eastern literati elite, and we're kind of back to that same place, which I find rather ironic, but there you go. But on the plus side, it got more publicity than, uh, Laura, more publicity than her birthday, her 150th birthday did, sales of her books skyrocketed memberships and the Laura museums uh, went went up they all saw bump they really as something that was trying to hurt Laura they really failed but that was probably the big number one story of the year and go on and kind of look through the home site. Uh, Pepin um, has been looking at changing its um, its Laura days. A lot of the people are who run it for years are getting older, and it's just kind of a question about what's going to happen. Uh, this year, they are maintaining the format that they had previously, but we will really see what happens on that. They also did come up with um, their selling um, branded honey and maple syrup, which is too cute to die for. I highly recommend that. Uh, down in Independence, Their replica cabin from the late 70s was in really bad shape. I know of at least one person who was camping out there and had the opportunity to stay in the little house, and a storm came up, and they decided they were actually safer not in the cabin. So it was in pretty bad shape, uh, and it was uh, replaced this last year. Uh, they used as many of the original beams as they could, and I, I am glad they got it done. It doesn't look um thing like what they, uh, their model was going to look like, and it certainly is an interesting look. If you haven't seen uh, pictures of it yet, it is well worth looking them up. Um, and uh, but we're very glad they got it in there. They were hoping to get uh, funds to also build a stable like the one uh, they talk about in the book, 
And I think that really is important. If there is anything that has kind of not been a high, or not um, highlighted enough at the home site are the outside activities, the farming. And to have barns and stables, if you live in a rural area, they are just as important to you as the house. And I hope that they will eventually get the funds for that stable. Walnut Grove really had kind of a bad year. In July, they had an incredibly massive amount of rain. And quite often, they have enough so Plum Creek time. They had enough. So Plum Creek totally took out the entire pageant area. It was deep enough that they had to have a boat and went and rescued some of the animals that were already on site for the pageant because, of course, this was right before the pageant. Uh, they somewhat miraculously, in my opinion, managed to uh, do the second and third weekends adding an extra day. Um, but a lot of damage was done. And they have done a fundraiser for it. And uh, they still uh, have a long ways to go. So that is definitely something we'll be watching. And hopefully the pageant will be back up to 100% soon. And jumping ahead to looking at 2019, which will be our, our next episode, uh, we uh, they are going to be having a big event there come July, and hopefully the funds from that will be able to be used to uh, fix up some of the pageant. Speaking of fundraising, uh, Walnut Grove also was able to uh, purchase a couple of items from the show that uh, they that uh, Melissa Gilbert had put up for sale at open auction. And uh, they got Paz Fiddle from the show, the one Michael Landon used. And uh, I I think that is just great. And it is fitting that it went to Walnut Grove. Walnut Grove has always had the strongest connection with the TV show. They've had actors come on a regular basis since the beginning and they have uh, Doc Baker's uh, clo- or, um, costume and doctor's bag and, and stuff from all sorts of actors and actresses that were on the show. And we're really glad that's there and can hardly wait to see uh, how they are going to display that. going through my list. Fir Oak had kind of an interesting year also. They found a huge wasp nest in one of their uh, exterior walls that was doing a lot of damage. So they ended up having to basically strip off uh, a lot of one of their walls. Uh, The one um, that is the side that is uh, next to the big open uh, green space and park. So uh, let's see, that must be, that's north, that's south. 
must be on the west side of the um, building. They completely got that gutted and fixed, and they've been repainting it, and that caused them to change a, a little bit about their displays. So I am really looking forward to getting a chance to see it again this year. It's been a couple years since I got inside the uh, hotel, and so we are looking forward to that. Dismet, uh, I really didn't get much of a ch- I didn't get a chance to go to Dismet last year, which is summer, which is odd. I have been going to Dismet a lot lately and uh, ended up uh, going in the fall. And I actually, well, I'm so glad I got to go, period. But I didn't actually get to take pictures inside the houses, which they are now allowing. Not this year. Not, well, not 2018, but after the event in 2017, they announced a new policy. So you can't take pictures inside the museum, but you can take pictures inside uh, any of the other buildings. So the two houses, the schools, so the schools you've been able to before, um, you can take pictures. And I unfortunately did not give them enough warning uh, to see if somebody could come and unlock the buildings for 15 minutes so I could quickly get pictures. Uh, so and talking to some other people, uh, they're a little less... Um, flexible on that than they're closed. So those are two things to bear in mind that, yes, they you can take pictures now, and I think that personally is worth a special trip. And if you are going to go when they're closed, give them as much warning as possible and check back with them and see if you can get it arranged. If you can't, uh, you can still walk the grounds to Angles Homestead and Visit our friends at the uh, Prairie Manor and the Loftus store, and it is always a fun trip. Whether you can get inside the buildings or not, it was well worth it, and I was very glad that I got a chance to go to the Smith this last year. Spring Valley got a new director uh, in uh, 2018. And I'm really not sure how that is going to affect things uh, with the museum yet. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to really talk with them yet. And I think they mostly just had, uh, last year, continued to have their events that were all set up uh, already. And I think there's going to be probably some changes in that this year, but we're not quite there yet. Mansfield is continuing to have its Just a Mirror events. Now, these are uh, smaller events, and they are very hands-on. They uh, did one uh, with uh, painting and painting conservation. Uh, They did one about, uh, I think it was a quilt activity. I can't quite the Blue Willow T-shirt painting, that was it. Uh, so they're going to continue to have those events, and hopefully we'll find out more about them uh, a little sooner, because if you were going to come from a distance for one, it's um, 
uh, we didn't have a lot of notice, but there uh, is uh, when we look at our schedule or looking ahead, we already have one booked. So, or there's already one scheduled and the dates out and everything. So we're looking forward to that. And it is on my agenda to visit Mansfield this year. So hopefully I will actually get to do that. Uh, they also made their uh, Wilder uh, dinner, which is a special guest VIP ticket uh, kind of uh, event, part of the Wilder Days again. And they have decided that they are going to make that an annual event. And they have one scheduled again for 2019. So be sure to look uh, for that. And while we're in Mansfield, we definitely have to mention that uh, Jean Coday passed on. Now, she really has been uh, ahead of the Mansfield Museum since the 1960s. So this is really ushering in an age of shame, change on the in trying to say on the show, change in uh, the museum, and it will be exciting to see what happens. But we certainly appreciate all the years that Mrs. Coday put into keeping the museum going, and it certainly might not have without her. Uh, they also did, uh, there is a festival called the Cherry Blossom Luncheon, or Cherry, Cherry Blossom Festival in Marshfield, Missouri. Marsh, not Mansfield. And it's a big deal. They have national speakers like um, Laura Bush come in. They also have been doing uh, TV actor reunions like uh, this year Ed Asner is going to be there. Uh, a lot of the cast from the Waltons and they have been having a little house on the Prairie actors too. In 2018, they added a special luncheon that was a fundraiser for the museum in Mansfield. And uh, they had Allison Ingram and Bill Anderson and I'm pretty sure Charlotte Stewart. And an uh, alarm went off, a fire alarm. They had, somebody had shared it on Facebook and a fire alarm was going off and they apparently did not have to evacuate, but they couldn't get the alarm shut off. There's about 10 minutes of the show that it was just this alarm constantly going. So hopefully that won't happen again, but the luncheon will. In fact, they are uh, going to be expanding their connection with the Cherry Blossom Festival and doing a special tour and day's event on that same um, weekend as the festival. So we're looking forward to that. Um, what haven't we talked about yet? Oh, well, while I had mentioned Allison Ingram, who of course played Nellie Olson on the TV series, she has started doing a, a live cast interview show on Facebook. And it is positive news. She uh, is talking to people in the arts and about good things that they are working on. And Certainly, we can use uh, a more positive news. So follow her on Facebook, and that goes out in the evening, and uh, you will enjoy them. 
I also want to mention that this is another big thing that happened this year, is we had the return of the China Shepherdess replicas. That uh, we had some through a series of uh, isolated events, we ended up not having any China Shepherdess replicas for sale at all for over a year. Uh, it, it was close to two years. Uh, and I just really couldn't believe that because it's such an obvious thing to have. But uh, we, when it rains, it pours. And we now have three different sites offering a China Shepherdess. So uh, Independence has one, Mansfield has one, and Walnut Grove has one. And we are glad to welcome back the Shepherdesses. And uh, I hope that you take a look. And if one, make sure you get them on your birthday and Christmas list. Another new release is that Pioneer Girl has been released as an ebook. Now, it is in a format that usually they use for academic books. So I don't think you're going to be able to access it like on your Kindle or anything, though I haven't tried. Uh, it, it's going to be on its own program. But if you've been wanting an e-version of the Pioneer Girl so you can search, so you can scan, and so you can have it to reread, it is available now through the South Dakota State Historical Society Press. Another release is that Queen's Treasures, which is a store that does, um, well, a company that makes dolls and accessories that are the size of the American Girl different, completely different company and a little different focus. And they had been doing a Laura doll uh, with quite a few accessories um, for a while now. And during 2018, they released a Mary Ingalls doll. So now we have Laura and Mary again. And I have, because I still haven't gotten one of the other ones, uh, two dolls to put on my shopping list. The American Writers Museum opened in Chicago. And it's the very first... Uh, exhibit that was a temporary exhibit was Laura Ingalls Wilder. Uh, they had it from, it was like, I can't remember, it was like November, December in 17, and then it was supposed to go through the spring. Uh, and I wish I had realized they had extended it because they ended up having it go through June, and if I had known that, I'd have gone and seen it myself. But um, it wasn't nearly as well publicized that they extended it. And it's really kind of unheard of for museum exhibits to be extended, you know, three months? Yeah, three months. But uh, they did. So uh, it's a national museum, and it's kind of a big deal that Laura was their first person. So we are glad that they did that. Another thing happened is in Vinton, uh, the Iowa School for the Blind closed. Uh, that's the school that Mary attended. 
and it is really kind of a big deal. Um, I might do a whole second episode where I talk about that. But as it stands now, no one, in, the school itself has moved to where the uh, deaf school for the deaf is in Council Bluffs. So they're co-located now. Um, most of their uh, former functions have been closed down and the entire campus in uh, Vinton is closed down and it's still unclear exactly what's going to happen and uh, it's been months since I heard anything from the Mary Ingalls board um, which I am uh, well I'm not a full member but I'm on it and I do their Facebook and things and there just has been zero news so you may have missed your chance to tour the blind school. I hope not. I hope that we'll be able to get it open for touring again. But at this point, uh, it's done. Um, we are almost out of time. I did, though, want to mention also that the new edition of the Little House Cookbook came out in 2018. Uh, Barbara Walker is not overly thrilled with it. Uh, they have gotten rid of the Garth Williams illustrations and uh, have um, photos instead. And I'm pretty sure the photos weren't done by a store cook. Um, but it is always great to uh, see another publicity push behind a fantastic book. The paperback version continues to have the Garth Williams things and is the same as uh, when it came out matching the hardback in the 90s. So both of those are still available, and I hope if you do not have one, that you get one soon. Uh, uh, Keystone had an extra event, a Christmas in July, uh, with Dean Butler as Santa Claus. Uh, no word on whether that's going to change or not. Uh, Old World Wisconsin did not has dropped doing a Laura event, and so did Heritage Hill in Green Bay. Uh, the Genesee Country Museum in Mumford, New York, did have those. The Herbert Hoover Presidential Library and had Carolyn Frazier as their guest for their Laura Day. And that's it for events. Is there any other uh, thing that I wanted to mention here? I am out of time, and I am glad that I finally got to have an episode, and I hope that you uh, enjoyed it and that we will get back to doing things a little more regularly and that you will remember to brighten the corner where you are and look for the Looking Ahead episode real soon.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.